Hello, welcome back to Random Thoughts with Perla. Today, I'm going to be trying to persuade you why everybody should be an author. So, yeah. Don't mind me, I have a slight sore throat. Um, I think I'm getting allergies because <clears throat> they come and go throughout the day. Anyways, I think everyone should be an author, and here is my main reason behind it. If you are a verbal processor, or even an internal processor, writing helps you a lot. So let's say you see something you don't like. For example, uh, at our school we have a lot of like clickish stuff, and a lot of the popular kids and unpopular kids, and it really bugs me. So I wrote a little bit short of like a book type pamphlet type thing, just for my own sake. And it just helped me process some of the like, emotions and feelings I was having. And I literally labeled the book, no joke, the unattractive side of being attractive. And like, before you just kill me because of what I just said right there, think about it though. Think about it. All the cool kids in your school too, they're probably the kids that everyone called cute. The kids that everybody called, oh, they're skinny and they're tall and they're whatever, perfect, no acne on their face face (laughs) hopefully you don't have acne on your faith that would be concerning um i don't even think you can get acne on your faith Uh, let me know if you have acne on your faith because i don't have it on mine at least i hope not um no but um it really bugs me because they're the people that look perfect and i don't like this whole perfection thing it's like no be real anyway so i wrote about it and i it's actually really helped me a lot and i might end up publishing it sometime so if you see a book called The Unattractive Side of Being Attractive, you can be like, yo, Verla made that. <laughs> and I've written all sorts of books. Whenever I um, have something hard in my life, I'll write about it. So I've written a lot of childhood stories and hard stuff from my childhood down in writing form. And it just really helps me a whole lot because I can process it. And I begin to just realize things that I hadn't realized. Like I was writing and I realized I'm mad at someone for something that wasn't their choice. So I was mad at someone because of something that happened to them. They couldn't even control it. But I was just mad because of the consequences of it, good or bad. So writing can help you realize your emotions. A lot of times you don't even realize what emotions you have. You may be mad at someone and you don't even realize it. And all of a sudden you just start acting like, ugh. And it's because you're angry at something. Even if you don't consciously realize it, your brain can be mad at people. Um, So writing helps you discover that. And it sparks creativity um, it, when you know how to write, you can just fill pages with your brain. You pour your brain and soul and heart into the paper. And you watch words turn into a story. And that's the thing about books. Quote me on this one, please. I don't like reading words. I like reading stories. So when authors just write words and put them on a page, or it's the same words worded literally 50 billion different ways, those books are boring when nothing happens and they're just describing the area and they're just like and the grass was green and the sky was blue and the house was white and the gazebo was purple and like they just go into detail it's boring because it's words i like stories and when you write you can either write like stories or fiction or real stories or you can write like pamphlet type things those I've been more interested in that recently. Usually, I went to, to do, like, fiction. I wrote about magic when I was younger. I had this whole series called Katie's uh, Adventure Books. You should go check it out. You can buy it, actually. It's not the best book ever. I'm going to say that. But it's pretty good for being written by, like, a fourth grader. It was pretty good. And now I'm writing one called The Dark and Lonely Days, which I might rename it. It's about a girl pretty much is really depressed and wants to commit suicide and has a lot of life issues because... Verla was bored and couldn't think of anything else to write. So, more recently, I've been wanting to write more serious things. So, I'm writing more, like, documentary-type things. So, the unattractive side of being attractive. Um, 
Oh, I don't remember the name of it. There's another one. I actually wrote one about, like, body image. I think it's called self-image or something. Or I wanted to make a... <gasps> That's what it was. I wanted to make a podcast, and I might actually do this right now. I'm going to make a podcast about self-image. It was really good. I had these really good ideas about how it's so important the way you view yourself. I think I actually recorded something, and it's somewhere on some device, about how important it is to view yourself correctly. Because when you view yourself wrong, everything gets just terrible. So I don't want to go into that right now, but later I'd love to make a whole thing just about body image. And yeah, it's really important. And I've suffered from it a lot. I'm just going to say personally, I don't feel fat. I don't feel too light, too dark, none of that. But I've struggled with the more of I care so much what people think about me that I can't even answer the door if a neighbor answers and I'm not wearing something they would wear. Like, I have a neighbor that is Mormon and has to wear shorts that go down to the knees and, like, her shoulders must be covered at all times. One time, she rang the doorbell and I was about to go to a prom and I was wearing this thing with a flowery design and it has one strap that comes across the arm and the other side doesn't have any straps or anything and I'm like oh shoot she's gonna literally murder me if I walk out so I'd like put on a shirt and it was so embarrassing and she was like oh interesting uh shirt with the skirt and I had to explain it it was so awkward but I'm just so worried about what people think about me that I will change myself so that they like me and it's terrible like I'm water and all my friends are containers and I'm getting poured into them and I'm I'm just pouring myself into them and I'm not getting anything out of it and they dump me to the next friend, and then I just change. And then I, I'm like, water. We aren't supposed to be water, and we're not supposed to be rock either. Because if we're rock, if we are rocks, God can't change us. I mean, He can, but it's really painful. If you're a rock, He has to like chip at you with that heavy pickaxe, whatever the machine is. I don't know. I really don't. But think about it. If you're a rock, God has to pick at you. He like use that tool and sharp, and it hurts. So if you're jello, it's perfect. He can mold you, and it's not as painful. But you don't just change into whatever mold your friends want you to fit into. So it's really important, because I know I just worried so much about what people think about me. Like, someone told me once, oh, you look bad in that, or you shouldn't wear that. And I never worn it since, because in my mind, whenever I put it on, I hear, oh, you look bad in that, or you shouldn't wear that. So if someone tells me, oh, your hair looks terrible up, or it looks terrible down, I'm going to try to change it because I don't want people to, like, not like me. So I struggle with body image that way. And then my sister had eating disorder, and that was, whew, it was big. So I've seen the ways it can hurt a person for life. I mean, it, yeah, I can hear it in her voice still, the way she talks about her weight and stuff and how ashamed she is of her body. I hear it in her voice, even though she's done with Ed eating disorder, thankfully. Like, that's a big blessing. But she still occasionally, you hear those thoughts. They never leave you. So I'd love to talk about that. Anyway, sorry. So write about more serious things, just like that. Or even, I don't know, dating advice? I might write a book about dating advice. Let me tell you, I have some solid dating advice. I've never been in a, like, relationship like that. But I have lots of advice. So, seriously, if one of my friends is listening to this and you need dating advice, this might sound crazy because I've never dated. And I know I'm going to sound look back at this and be like, really, you're an idiot. But... I'm still saying it. I can give dating advice advice to you all. I wouldn't go as far to say marriage advice. I I could give you a helpful tips, kind of, from what I've heard from my siblings. But I wouldn't put myself there. But I'd say dating advice. 
I feel comfortable giving dating advice. Like, <laughs> date at least, at minimum, minimum, eight months. Because you've got to get over, like, that six-month time. Well, yeah. Six months is really important to get over there. Because my sister explained it. She said you're kind of in the honeymoon phase while you're dating. And you're just so in love that you can't even see any realistic issues. And what happens is if you get married when you're still in that in love phase, then after you get married and have your honeymoon and whatnot and you're happy, you get out of it and are like, oh shoot, I'm starting to see a lot of flaws and a lot of life issues that are hard to live with. And now our marriage is going downhill because we uh, didn't work through things when we were dating because we weren't dating long enough. So please, please don't make a mistake that I've seen a lot of people make. Please date for at least eight months, y'all. Please. Even if you've known this person your whole life, even if you've lived in their stinking house, still date them for at least six months. I'd say eight. I'd say eight just to be safe. Because you won't regret it. Trust me. Now, engagement, that's a different story. Don't be engaged for a super duper long time because that's just literally trying to kill yourself. But dating, date for a while. I'd say even a year would be great. A minimum of a year would be awesome. Now, maybe not like three or four years dating. That's a little bit much. But like two years? two or one and a half that's just like (laughs) spot on i can give you more criteria but that is my one piece of advice that i'll share with you my nugget of wisdom if you want more you'll have to talk to me in person or you'll have to ask me to make a podcast about guys which i totally can i have so many advice so many things i've been through with guys trust me i'm literally 13 and i've had so well i'm not actually 13 yet but i've had a lot of interesting guy experiences i mean i interesting guy experiences we'll say that when i was like seven a guy asked me if we could get kid married and i said no because he was not christian he was very much not christian so that was rough so i mean i've had experiences so yeah i'd love to be able to bless you with my guy advice and my all sorts of advice so yes become an author think positive thoughts think creative thoughts and flow them down in a book because writing is one of the best ways to process or become a podcaster like myself and even if no one sees this I don't care if anybody benefits from this or not even if one person hears it and they say wow that helped me so much it's worth it all and even if nobody does benefit it's helping me because I get to process this and one day maybe I'll become famous and people are gonna be like oh look what Furla made when she was like 12 years old wow I don't know. That's one of my dreams. My real dream right now, and this might sound stupid and crazy, but my dream right now is to become um, a cel- No, not a celebrity. How do I put this? Without, I'm just going to say it. My dream is to go on AGT to sing, to win, to use the money I get to um, get my own recording place in my house um, with mics and all that stuff and keyboard and any expensive programming you need and become an independent author, not author, (laughs) well, that too, artist, and write my own songs, because I've already written songs, I just need to publish them, and then I want to get recommended to either, like, Disney or something like that, and I'd love to be either a voiceover actor or actress, um, or in an actual live-action movie, because I can sing, I can act, and I can use my voice, and I can change, and I can impersonate while I sing. I can't, like, impersonate while I talk, but I can impersonate while I sing, and it's really cool. Um, so before I bore you with my boring life dreams, there you have it. That's my life dream. So one day, if all of those things have happened, and you're like, wow, you can say, 
when Verla was 12, she predicted that she was going to go on AGT, become famous, and then, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life after then. I don't know. Be a nail technician, be a receptionist, be a actress. I don't care. I just want to have fun, and I don't want to do typical jobs. I don't want to just stay at home and cook, because honestly, that sounds like a pretty sad way to live the rest of your life just at home your whole life always cooking always cleaning I don't want to be like that one girl that's always in the kitchen like women can do other things and I want to act and I want to sing and I want to I can't dance but I love dancing I'll just walk around the house like kicking my feet in the air and being like wow I look so cool in real life I look like an absolute um I don't even know the word is I look like a noob that doesn't know anything about what they're doing, because I don't, I don't know anything about dancing, I can't dance, it's terrible, but I'll just, like, kick my feet in the air and be like, yo, and then I say some weird words, and I'm like, pia, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying ballet words, obviously, that's, it's like, piet, ballet, I don't know, <laughs> I just made that up, um, but I'd love to be able to act, and to sing, and to podcast, and to, oh, my biggest dream, even bigger than being on AGT, which is shocking, my world biggest dream, is to be, like, the girls and girl defined and be able to, like, go all over the world and talk to thousands and thousands of young women who have had a lot of life issues and counsel them and encourage them and give life advice and just be a friend and be able to hug with girls and cry and sing and be... I just don't... It's hard to explain, but I just want to be there for girls when they need it. I want to see someone's life impacted by me. I want to change people's lives. I don't want to sit there and say, my life was born. I want to see difference I make. I want to see it. I don't want to just say, well, I hope I make a difference. I want to watch it happen. I want to be a friend to someone, encourage them, and watch their heart just be loved and encouraged by me. That's what I want to do, something like that. I'd love more than anything to just be able to impact young girl's life and help them to realize that they're loved and they're beautiful and even if the world calls them ugly and fat and disgraceful and all that stuff god sees them as beautiful i see them as beautiful and if you've already made a bunch of bad mistakes god can redeem you there's no situation that he can't save you there's no place that he can't find you i'm thinking of the word uh song rescue by lauren daigle check it out if you're going through a really hard situation because he can find you in any situation and he will so close up also check out in jesus name by katie nicole i did a wonderful cover on it and it's on pinterest the little bit of it is you can find it if you look hard enough now i gotta go so i love you girl keep on shining for jesus and don't let satan get in the way of your dreams in life hello and welcome to random thoughts with verla i'm verla your host today and today i was just thinking um it's really good i'm having like a break of my own like a little vacation if you hear, I am outside currently because I don't feel like being inside, especially when they're in a house with a cat that's literally trying to murder me. Um, so I'm having a vacation, kind of helping my grandparents move because they're moving from two hours and a half away to um, five minutes away from us. So I'm currently at my grandparents' house. Well, actually, my cousins who live right next door. So it's just a little bit of a break, and I just get to be away from home and just <sighs> listen to all the birds and just be outside. Today, I got to do a lot of mulching and help dig dirt, which was great, until I figured out my brother was playing video games inside, which is fine, because usually it's the opposite way, usually I'm inside and he's outside, so that was, uh, fun, but I was just having a few thoughts, and I just really wanted to talk with you guys about what I've been thinking about recently, 
and I've, I've come to a conclusion in life, um, actually, a really major one. My whole life, I feel like I've been more of a narcissist person. I've been more of a negative mode. Everything, I make it look bad. Like, I'm good at pointing out the flaws and pointing out that, well, this is bad, and that is bad, and you need to avoid this, and that is something that I'm just really good at, naturally, and I think everyone is, honestly, and you have to fight to be positive and to be not super narcissist and all that, and I was uh, thinking about it, and I was thinking, you know, those are all, there are all these people in life that are, they're just really happy, and you always wonder, how on earth are they so happy, and I was thinking about it, and I said, the people in life that you see that are really happy are not the people that don't have life issues. They're not the people that have their life all put together. No, they're the people that have realized that they're going to go through ups and downs and they're going to hit those really bad days when they don't want to they don't want to be alive because it's painful. But they know that they need to not focus on the bad and so they focus on the good. Even though they get lots of downs just as well as everyone else does, they focus on the good. And so they're happy and they're joyful, not because they don't have bad days, but because they they know how to see past them. And that's just, it really hit me just thinking about that. So your greatest thing in life isn't being happy. It's realizing that you won't always be happy and being okay with that. And I feel like that just makes you more joyful of a person. Because if you spend your life wanting to be happy, you're actually going to be more grumpy. Because whenever a hard thing in life comes, you just focus on it. Like I was thinking about it and I was like, wow, I'm really blessed. I was thinking about it. I met a lady at Goodwill and... Since then, I have had the opportunity to tutor, to visit a public school, which meant the world to me because I was homeschooled. And it was my very first and probably only time in life ever really going to a public school, except for, like, meetings and whatnot, like, for our, like, county, but not, not actually during school hours. And I went there during school hours, and I met the kids, and I helped with a special need kid, and it just really opened my heart to just see, like, wow, it's so different from the world I grew up in as a sheltered homeschool Christian kid. Um, and that really was important to me. And then the next year I got a tutor at her house for a few kids. Um, it was so fun. It was like summer tutoring. So just so many life experiences. And now this year they're moving into that lady and her husband's uh, house because they're moving out. So my grandparents get to move into her house. So I'm just so thankful and I'm seeing things from different people. And I'm like, wow, I should not be complaining. I need to be thanking God because he gave me this wonderful opportunity to meet someone at a goodwill and now all this wonderful stuff working for good um through this random lady so i just it really encouraged me just you know you never know the good things that are come from anything that's why i like a very outgoing person i like meeting strangers because you never know that stranger may become your best friend or they may end up selling your grandparents a house like you never know so just really be nice to everybody because you may end up seeing them a lot more than you thought you would um so I was just thinking of like things like that. And I have so many experiences in life where I'm like, wow, why am I not more thankful? I went to, uh, in 2020, everyone was complaining about having a hard time and I complained. I don't know why I was complaining. Yes, I wanted to tutor at the public school and now I couldn't because of masks and COVID and stuff and vaccines and stuff. Um, but I don't know why I'm upset about that because literally that same year I got to be in uh, Choose Your Own Oz, a play. I got to be an animal in a munchkin, which is super fun. Uh, that same year I got to be Chip in Beauty and the Beast. And be in this beautiful, amazing costume with amazing director and amazing cast, amazing musicians and all that. I got to go to Utah. And then the next, like, January, like, so in 2021, I fl- our whole family flew to Florida. So, like, I have nothing to complain about. We had an amazing year. Our life continued. We kept seeing friends because our neighbors were our friends and other people like that. So, I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, I have nothing to complain about. I have sisters. I have friends who complain about, like, when they were younger, they didn't have any playmates. I had, like, five sisters. I mean, 
sure, I have hard times, but, like, I have so much to be thankful for, and I never put that on. I always talk about, well, this bad experience and that bad experience, but when I put that in comparison to all these blessings that I have that a lot of my friends don't have, sure, I may complain about not having perfect parents or perfect siblings, but a lot of my friends have it much worse. I mean, I never thought about it until I talked to one of my friends whose dad is literally, um, he was a county uh, sex offender. So, uh, I never really took it that way. I was just thinking, my parents aren't perfect, they could be better, or whatnot. Yeah, well, this, like, this girl, literally, her dad's been in jail before. Like, I, it's, it's very different than that. Like, I have nothing to complain about. My life's amazing. I mean, like, my parents love the Lord and serve Him, and they've raised me to do that too. And I have had downs, actually. I've had quite a few for being my age, but I've had so many ups that it's worth it because honestly to experience ups fully you gotta have a lot of downs because without downs you're not thankful for your ups I'm gonna be honest I wasn't really grateful for it I was just like yep I went to Utah and I went to Florida and I was always complaining and my life was so much better than a lot of my friends because I'm not in a financially bad spot I'm not like skipping meals because we don't have enough money like I I've never been in a place like that like I've been giving everything I need to survive. Like, I never had to worry about working. So I'd have, like, I have so many blessings that a lot of my friends don't. And I'm like, wow, I'm so thankful. But I wouldn't have seen that if I hadn't gone through my lows. Or being with my friends as they're going through their lows. So you've got to put that in comparison. So instead of being like, oh, I wish I didn't have any lows. Be thankful because they help you put in comparison how amazingly well your highs go. Like, think about it I um if I hadn't lost a sister to a different state like she hadn't moved away I would have taken all these years of relationships with my other sisters and brothers for granted I probably would be super far apart from all of them because I didn't care about my siblings relationships I'm gonna be honest before she moved away I didn't care the only reason I would like people would be like if they let me play video games and stuff I'm gonna be honest I didn't care and then once she moved away I really thought wow time is short with my siblings, you know, I, I, I mean, I still hang out with her, but it's, it's far, f- like, less, and few in between, or something like, I don't remember the saying, so I'm just like, wow, and it, it just helped me, and now I'm so much closer to my siblings, because I've put in time and invested to try to be closer to them, because I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be like, oh, they moved away, and I never got to know them out of my, like, 30 years living, you know, I don't want that to happen, so I just wanted to encourage you that if you're going through some really low lows right now, and you think that your life is all downs and not any ups, I just want to encourage you. A lot of people think that if you talk about the bad, it just helps you get better. Oh my word, there's a raccoon! So I'm outside, and there's a literal raccoon by the wood pile in my cousin's backyard. That was adorable, but kind of scary. Anyways, sorry about that. See, look at the bright things in life. I'm sitting out here on my cousin's patio, which is so nice, watching a raccoon walk through, watching the birds, looking at the beautiful ground, relaxing after my day of mulching. I have things to be thankful for. If I was a slave back in, like, the 1700s, is that even right? 1700s, I would have been working my head off, and I wouldn't have gotten this time to just rest. Like, there's so much to be thankful for. But anyway, sorry. I was looking back at my songs the other day, because I've written some songs, more or less, and they're kind of ranting songs, and I thought they helped me. And as I listen to them, I'm like, wow, these are lies. I believed them two days ago, but I don't anymore. Like, that's how insanely, like, it just took me. My mind just opened up, and I realized I was lying to myself. I was telling myself I was in a worse situation than I was with everything. And I, I was listening to it, and I said, that's not true. I have so many things to be thankful for. 
there aren't more lows than highs in life. There really aren't. I just need to think about it. And to be grateful for the things I get. Like, getting ice cream. Like, I took the... I was like, oh, okay, it's my time for ice cream tonight. Like, it was a thing I got every night. Like, I didn't even think of it as a special anymore. And I'm like, wow, that's like a treat. Some people, like, never get dessert. Like, everything. Like, everything on planet Earth you can be thankful for. And I... It just took me so long. And this week has just been a whole mind-blowing of revelation. Um, I did find out some bad news, but I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to let that bug me. I'm not going to let that blow me down. Because when I just get into really down-depressing mode, that's when Satan can whisper lies into me. That's when he can affect me. See, if you go in your depressed modes, you think that they're helping you because you're just letting those emotions in. But you're not. When you're really down in the dumps, it's so easy for Satan to lie to you and change you to the way he wants you to be. But when you're in one of those, I'm powerful, well, when you're in one of those modes where you're just like, I'm going fast, I'm happy, I'm breathing, like life's great, it's so much harder for Satan to get to you because you're like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to let you ruin my day, buddy. I'm sorry, I'm not. And I have to think of it like that way. I'm not going to let Satan or anyone else, I'm not going to let them ruin my day. Yes, I'm going to cry and be sad if someone dies or whatnot. Sure, but... I'm not going to let Satan just ruin my life by trying to make me depressed. And that's not a good way to live. Like, I, can, I still cry. Like, literally the other day, I wasn't even close to these people, but they're leaving our church, and I just started, like, almost sobbing in my seat. It's just the thought of, like, letting someone leave my life, even if I literally have talked to them once. It just, it hits me so hard. Uh, it's, it is a little bit of, like, PTSD from my oldest sister leaving. It really is. But... It's, it's good for me to be able to just cry like that, but it's really good for me to also just be like, you know what, I'm going to have a good day today. And I did have a good day. I actually went to a lake with my grandpa and my mom and my cousin and my brother, my twin, and I took a lot of photos and I just felt really accomplished because I, like, I love photography. They help you capture moments that you just can't. Telling somebody, I went to a pond, eh, sure, but showing them photos, you know? I actually didn't get any photos of the pond because the pond wasn't the thing. Was like, there was like this architectural like, ruins section. I don't know if it was, like, built or something. I think it was built. I don't think it was, like, an actual ruins. And it was so cool. It was, like, a stairs and things. I might show some of the photos somewhere. They were cool. So I was just thinking about this, and I was just like, wow. And my life perspective changed in a lot of things. Like, there were a lot of things that before I'd been, like, super judgy on, and now I'm like, wow. And I think there's just a huge veil that was torn off of my face within this last week. A huge growing um, thing. Like, I was talking to one of my friends, and... <laughs> She was telling me why this guy liked her for personality, not looks. And I sat there like, "Mm mm-hmm. And internally, I was thinking, like, there is no way. Because I know this guy she's talking about. And I know the type of personality that he likes in people and friends and potentially, like, girls. And it does not match her personality at all. And I was like, oh, my word. She's being deceived by him. This is terrible. He likes her for looks. How could he do that? How could she fall for that? And I stepped back. And I realized I was in the same situation. And that the person that I had thought liked me for personality did not like me for personality at all. And it was clear. It was clear to see it wasn't my personality he liked either. Because it was personality he wouldn't like us both. And I made that discovery and I was kind of mad because... uh, I'll put it this way. Verla doesn't take it lightly when somebody likes her for just looks. She really doesn't like that. Like, at all. Like, I got to the point where I was ready to go over to that person's house with punching gloves and beat the life out of the person because that is wrong. It is a sin. It is a serious sin in my mind. Maybe not everyone sees it this way, but in my mind, it is a sin to like someone for looks only. 
so that was my big low of the week, uh, figuring out that the person that had made me feel so special and loved and cared for only cared about my looks, and so I'm like, mm-mm, he's not seeing anything of me anymore, like, I'm like, I don't even want him to see my face, like, no, I, that's just wrong, and I don't want to tempt him, because if I'm around him, I don't want him to think, like, that I'm giving into this whole swat, so, that's fun, I'll have to work through that sometime, my, that's the hard part about life, you can't just ignore your problems, you have to deal with them, but, I'm still having a good day because even through all of this, I've learned that, you know, it's great. God doesn't love you for looks. He loves you for you. And that's really good because if he liked us for looks, uh, that'd be kind of sad. So I'm just, I'm having a good day. And then I had some like mod, um, changes on my views of modesty. I was just being so judgmental of everybody. Like, well, that person wore those shorts that were way too high. Like, yes, I still judge you. Like, if the school dress code says you cannot wear shorts, that are above, like, two inches above the knee or whatnot, or they go down, like, past your fingertips, then don't wear it. Like, I'm going to judge you on that because you should be following the rules at school. But, like, in their own free time, I was judging people in their own free time. They chose to wear shorty shorts or they chose to wear crop tops, and I was like, oh, that person. And I need to not do that. And it hit me, and I realized, wow, this is terrible. Like, would I want somebody judging me if I wore something they didn't agree with? No, I thought about it. I have someone that I'm terrified that they might look down on me and be like, oh, that, that shirt's too tight or too much your skin's showing you, you know? I hate it when I feel like someone's judging me and I realized, why on earth am I judging this person? And then it hit me and I was like thinking about my modesty standards and I realized they weren't really mine at all, that they were my family's and I'm like, I'm gonna get my own modesty standards and I thought, you know what? A lot of the people that influenced my life in a good way, they were shorty shorts and... I don't find them tempting. If someone's wearing shorty shorts, I'm not just thinking, wow, they're showing a lot of skin. Like, no, I think it's just comfortable. And I'm like, you know what? I think I can wear shorty shorts. And I honestly think that it, uh, I'm not breaking my conscience anymore. And I did it and I'm in front of the person that told me that I literally should not wear shorty shorts ever. And that person didn't get mad at me, didn't glare at me, just treated me normally. And I was like, you know what? It's fine. Like, my sister wears them and, like, a lot of people do, and I'm like, I'm going to wear shorty shorts now because I'm s- sick of judging people for what they look like and then saying I hate being judged. And I'm like, no. So I'm changing a little bit on that. I'm not wearing crop tops, no. Um, that's a whole other issue. I'm like, showing your belly, does that mean, like, if you show your belly, does someone think, like, you know, I'm just thinking about this. It's like, y'all, when I see somebody's belly, I just want to... I don't know, like, how how does a belly, is a belly inappropriate? Is a belly, like, because I'm, that's the thing about it, like, people are like, oh, you can't show your bellies, and those same people, when they get pregnant, they're, like, like, flashing their belly, and you're just like, okay, so is your belly, like, not inappropriate? Like, I don't get it with the whole crop top. I don't want to wear crop tops, personally, because I feel like once you're wearing a crop top, you just keep pushing your limits. I mean, if you can keep pushing your limits to crop tops then after crop tops it gets you know it just goes up and up yeah so those are a little bit pushing it for me but if you're wearing a crop top I'm not gonna like look down on you and be like this person's terrible because I realized I need to stop judging people for their outward appearance because the literal bible says and I quote God looks at the heart and man judges the outward appearance or looks at the outward appearance or whatnot and it's so true literally man I'm sorry that's a terrible joke but it, it, it's true I mean, it, it, but, like, women judge, too. We really are very judgy. We're like, I'm that person's outfits, too. Like, come on. We need to not do that. We need to not judge. Because being on the receiving end of judge is painful. And I know that because it's happened to me. And I decided, you know what? 
I think that, honestly, wearing shorty shorts is not a sin. Now, when they start showing, like, your glutes, then that's a little bit, that's a little bit pushing it. But if your glutes aren't showing, I think it's fine because it just helps you stay cold. And I run warm. I'm going to be honest. I run warm. So I'm out here wearing my top, uh, tank top and my shorty shorts. And I'm like, you know what? I don't feel immodest at all. I don't feel like I'm showing too much skin. I think that this is fine. So I just wanted to say that have a good day and have a positive attitude. And don't let Satan or anybody else ruin that positive attitude unless you, like, need to cry. Because, like, crying is good. But you can't always be, like, you need to be able to have those bad moments. Like, that can't sound bad. You need to be able to have those moments where you just cry and talk about your painful moments. But you cannot let your every second be reflecting those painful moments. Because you've got to have moments free of those maybe bad memories or just bad life issues. I don't know. It's hard to explain. But, like, I still have them, but I need to not really focus on it. I'm telling you this because I'm telling myself this. I'm, I'm working on it so hard to just be in the moment because when I'm not in the moment I miss so much like I'm enjoying time my grandpa um recently got diagnosed with Alzheimer's and like dementia and all that and it's really hard because you just got to watch his memory fade he can't use a microwave anymore he can't use a lot of things um he just can't work with clocks he can't really read them very well sometimes and it's really hard to just watch as you know their life is really coming to an end and you are just really counting minutes until they're gone. And it should help me to just, wow, be in present. Be in a time. If you're seeing family you only see, like, once a year, get off your phone, get off your computer, and go hang out with them. And you're probably thinking this is ironic because I'm with my family right now. Yes, well, my grandparents left because they had a small group thing. And my cousin is currently at marching band practice. So I'm not, like, actually, like, missing. Like, it's only my family that I see every day. And... I've been with them all day, so I, I have had lots of good moments, though. When we went to the pond, it was just being with Grandpa and just letting him talk, because you know me. Maybe you don't, but I talk a lot, and so I tend to overtalk people, but yep. And I just felt it necessary to add that, and the last thing I talked about, happiness a lot. Um, and happiness is great and all, but I just really need to add this. Happiness is based on your situation, based on actions. It's a feeling, like, joy is not, joy is feel, that feeling from the constant, like, love of God. Like, so joy is when you look at God's love and you just are just joyful because he loves you and that just makes you joyful. That happy is when things go good, I'm happy. And when things go not good, I'm not happy. That's really what happy is. And so if you try to be happy, then you have to get rid of bad things in your life, which you can't. So just I thought I had to add that. And then I feel like there's something else I was going to think. So just the people in life that seem like they got it all, they don't got it all. And if they seem like they got it all, it's because they've learned to master their emotions. Or, this is a big or, some people master their emotions well, but other people trap them. Or they uh, suffocate them. And they think that if they, you know, destroy their emotions, they'll be good. But the problem is if you destroy your emotions and you try trapping them it causes a lot of life issues mastering them is much better quote from a Humpty Dumpty in the play I was in I'm sure it's in the book or something but it's, you must master your emotions or your emotions will master you or maybe it was words but something like that just like you gotta master your emotions or they'll master you and if your emotions do the driving you end up in a lot of car crashes in life and those are painful crashes they literally hurt they burn sometimes 
you uh, have to go to the hospital and get help, and it's a long recovery. <laughs> you know, when you get in a car crash, you don't just go to the hospital, and then all of a sudden you're better. You know, it takes time to heal. In the same way, I feel like your emotions through the driving. Oh, the raccoon's back. Oh, my word, he's adorable. So in the same way, if you let your emotions through the driving, oh, he's trying to get into the shed. Don't you do it, buddy. Don't do it. Don't. Ooh. Sorry. I'm very distracted. Oh, he's so cute. He's like looks like a sea otter. Anyways, in the same way, if you do let your emotions through the driving, you get an emotional car crashes. So just make sure you know that. So just aim for joy. And the people in life that just seem always joyful and happy are often the people that have gone through the most hard stuff. I mean, seriously. Because they know that they're not going to let those hard things get in their way. And so even if they have a lot of hard stuff, they also have been hurt by a lot of things usually. People that are joyful, that are, they've been hurt by a lot of things. And they've learned, you know what? It's not worth it to let that destroy your attitude. 